Are you looking to extend your faith in God? You're in the right place. This is a biblical and practical approach to God's words. Welcome to Be the Gospel with your host, Anthony T. Jarena. Hello, this is Anthony with Be the Gospel, and we are on day three of 57. We're taking one chapter of a, at a time from Heal the Sick by Brother T.L. Osborne. And the first two chapters have been absolutely amazing. You haven't seen them yet. You need to go check them out. Chapter one, chapter two, and now we are in chapter three. Chapter three, reasons for trust. Many recognize the fact of divine healing, but have no personal knowledge of Jesus, the Savior of the body. They see that others are healed, but question whether healing is God's will for them. And this happens to be the case more often than not, especially in the church in the United States, especially in the church in Europe. And so answering this question is going to be huge and monumental for many people, okay? They are wanting... They're waiting, sorry, for a special revelation of the will of God concerning their case. In the meantime, they are doing all within their, in the power of human skill to get well with the use of natural means, not thinking that from their own standpoint, they might be opposing the will of God. The Bible reveals the will of God in, regarding, in regard to healing. God need not give any special revelation of his will when he has plainly given his revealed will in his word, he has revealed his his will through his word. And it's this simple, guys. It's this simple. I said it yesterday and I say it again today. Healing is a person. It is not a thing. Healing is Jesus Christ. So if you begin to see Jesus in everything, you begin to see God's miraculous healing as a person, okay? So, continuing on. A careful study of scriptures will show that God has declared that his will includes healing for his children. If you are a believer, you are his child, and he's provided healing for you. He has declared himself to be the healer of his people. Are you his people? Are you his son? Are you his daughter? Are you adopted into his family? Have you received Christ, as it says in John 1, 12, that he gave you the, the ability, the, the power to become a son or daughter of God, his offspring? If so, then you belong to his family, and this applies to you. The ordinance for healing. When God called the Israelites out of Egypt, he gave them a statute and an ordinance, ordinance for healing. Exodus fifteen twenty six. You will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. And I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I, the Lord, I am the Lord who heals you. The Hebrew text reads, I will permit none of these diseases which, you, which I have permitted on the Egyptians. See, because God is revealing his character, he's revealing his nature. He's saying, I am healer. When he says, I am healer, He's saying, I'm healer 100%. Nowhere in the scripture itself does God ever say, I am sickness, or that I teach by sickness. That's all opinion and hearsay, and it's brought on by people that are basically trying to misrepresent, not intentionally, I don't think they do it intentionally, 
but they misrepresent what scripture actually says because they've never gone to truly study what scripture says. They might have heard a, a passage, they might have heard a sermon, they might have heard a series, they might have read a book, and they assume that the people did their homework instead of going back to the word and seeing what it says for themselves. This covenant was repeated at the at the close of the 40 years of wandering of Israel. All through their history, in sickness and pestilence, the Israelites turned to God in repentance and confession and received healing in answer to their prayers. If healing, if healing in answer to prayer was God's way under the old covenant is much more prevalent under the new covenant. Matthew 12, 15. Great multiputes, multitudes followed him and he healed them all. Fulfilling God's will. Christ's healing was not to provide, uh, not to prove his divinity alone, as some suppose, but to fulfill his commission, to fulfill the will of God. So I don't necessarily agree with the first part of it as far as proving his divinity, because then you would have to say thing, the same thing about the disciples. You'd have to say the same thing about healings in the Old Testament, they were, that they were proving their divinity. So that doesn't really carry much water. So you understand what I'm saying. So you can see I don't agree with everything he's saying, but um, like with anything, you eat the meat, spit out the bones. So let's continue on. Hebrews 10, 7. And lo, I come to do your will, O God. Jesus himself is a revelation of the will of God. He did the will of God. He healed all who came to him. He has an unchanging priesthood. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same in love as when in compassion. He healed the multitudes. He is the same in power as when he healed all manner of diseases. Wherefore, in all things it behooved, was necessary for him, Jesus Christ, to be made like his brethren, that he might be merciful, compassionate, and faithful high priest, Hebrews 2.17. During his earthly ministry, Jesus was always moved with compassion and healed all them that had need of healing. He is our faithful and merciful high priest. So something to take in consideration to understand what compassion actually means. It means that you have the ability to change the situation. Okay, it's not empathy. It's not sympathy. Oh, I, I, I sympathize with the person. I understand what they're going through. No, 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 no. He's saying, I see the condition where they're at and I have the ability to step in and change their reality. And then he steps in and changes reality. That's compassion, mercy, right? He's changing the, the direction, the future of, of what's going on. So let's go to the next section. Christ's commission to heal. In scriptures, compassion and mercy mean the same thing. The Hebrew noun, rachamim, is translated both mercy and compassion. The Greek verb, ilio, is translated have mercy and have compassion. Likewise, the Greek adjective, iliman, is defined merciful, compassionate. See how they're used interchangeably. And it's important to, to notice that coming, especially in the next uh, few sections. Christ commissioned the 12 disciples to heal. Later, he commissioned the 70. His commission was given to all who believe. Right? We can see that in the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Do it all I have commanded you. What do you command them to do? Go into every city and heal the sick that's in those cities. Right? So it doesn't say heal some. He says heal all the sick. So this is important to notice. It was given to the church. These This commission has never been revoked. Jesus has not stopped the commission. He hasn't given any new instructions 
that go contrary to his word, the written word, to say, stop, stop, stop evangelizing, stop healing the sick. You don't find it anywhere. Anybody who tells you otherwise is a lion to you. Okay, so let's go to the next section. The thread of healing. Healing is healing in answer to the prayer of trust was the only way of healing known to the early church. A thread of healing was has run through all the ages to the present day. And now this truth, almost lost in the spiritual darkness of the Middle Ages, has been discovered during the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit in these last days. Christians in every land are now proving God is healer of his people. God has provided healing through Christ's redemptive work. The, the Hebrew word, which is rendered griefs in Isaiah 50, 53, is said to be everywhere else in the Bible translated sicknesses. I've looked into this, and he's correct, right? Also, by his stripes, his bruises, we are healed. The word bore in Matthew 8, 17, which is actually a paraphrase or um, a quote from Isaiah 53 that Matthew's quoting directly, but from what we can tell from all means is from the Septuagint, because it's more word for word to the Septuagint than it is from Masoretic text, or if you want to get into that, right, from a Hebrew text. So when we see it says the word bore in Matthew eight seventeen implies substitution, suffering for, not sympathy, as in suffering with. If Christ was has bore our sicknesses, why should we bear them? See, this is one of the lies that the enemy tells people. Oh, you need to bear this sickness. Why? Jesus has already bore it. He's already paid the price. What's the point of you holding on to it? What is it going to solve? What is it going to do? It's not going to do anything. It's crazy. It's like saying you have to pay twice for what has already been paid for. It's ridiculous. You would say, no, I'm being cheated. And that's what the devil's trying to do to you. Get you to believe a lie so he can cheat you out of the inheritance that Christ has given you. So let's continue. There are types of Christ's redemptive sacrifice for our healing in the Old Testament. The cleansing of the leper, the healing of the plague, the bronze serpent, the healing of Job. In Deuteronomy 28, disease and sickness, sickness were a part of the curse. They weren't part of the blessing. So don't say, oh, God bless me with a sickness because it's not a, a blessing. It is a curse, according to Deuteronomy 28. But Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, that we're no longer under the curse of the law, but we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, because we are in Christ Jesus, because he's brought us into his body. And this is what it's all about. He is in us and we are in him. And it's him flowing through us that heals the sick. Not to get ahead of myself, let's continue to the next section. Healing is promised. Sin and sickness are intimately connected throughout the scriptures. Both From both sickness, uh, sin and sickness, we have redemption through the blood that was shed and the stripes borne by Jesus. All that God has given us is given through Christ Jesus, our Lord, whoever will. For whoever will, whoever will receive it, right? And it says... All that God has given us is given through Christ Jesus, our Lord, for whoever will. Whoever will meet the conditions and believe the word, God's word, his report, we may exempt ourselves saying it is not his will. But God leaves no one out. See, he, he's inclusive. He's including you. We're the ones who exclude ourselves. Well, I have a special case. I've, 
And we make all these excuses and it's ridiculous before God because we're calling God a liar. We're saying that his word is a lie because we're saying it doesn't apply to us even though he's already included us. He is no respecter of persons. His promises are to all, to everyone, every, anyone who's willing to believe his word. Okay, so James 5.14, we've already gone over this. Is any, not some, is any sick among you? Ask and it shall be given you. If you ask, if you, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 14, 14. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you have, that you receive it and you shall have it. Healing is promised through the power of the Holy Spirit. All these scriptures clearly make known God's will to heal whomever comes to him in trust. This is his will, his way. No other way of healing is recommended in the Bible. God has no other way for his people. He has willed us healing, health, and strength in Christ. This is our path, our right and our path and privilege in him. We, he, we please and glorify him by accepting his way. It's his idea. It's not our idea. It's what his word says. It's his will. He's letting us know this is exactly what he's, he wants us to believe for, what he, where he wants us to go. And so it's very important that we pay attention to exactly what God wants and do it his way. Surrender to his way and we see the benefits of it because he wills that we be well. Will we accept this provision of his love? Will we obey him in taking his way that his will may be done in us and that he may that we may be glorified we, that we may glorify God in our bodies. We don't glorify God in our bodies through sickness. We glorify God in our bodies through perfect health. And how do I know that? Because when the Israelites left Egypt, there was not one feeble person among them not one sick not one weak not not one who was struggling or lame or anything they were completely healed and strong in the lord all righty then so let's look at the next section positive knowledge in prayer with positive knowledge of the will of god we do not pray so we do not pray like this <laughs> lord heal me if it be your will See, because that implies doubt and doubt cancels trust. So understand what it's saying. Lord, if it be your will, what we're saying is, God, we don't know your will. We really don't know you. And that is a lie. If you truly know God, this is something we boast in. That's something the Bible tells us to boast. If I boast, I boast in the Lord. And it's referring to Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Not, not the wise boast in his wisdom or the rich uh, boast in their wealth or the strength or the mighty boast in their strength, but let them boast in this, that they know the Lord, that he is one who practices steadfast love, mercy. And it's so good. So good. Look at it. Look at what scripture says that we boast in knowing the Lord. We know him. We know his will. He doesn't hide his will from us. He plainly makes it known through his word, Jesus Christ. Yes, the word made flesh. Okay. An invalid, excuse me, an invalid said to me, I believe in praying for God to heal if it is his, if it be his will. Then to illustrate the thought, he said, a child may ask a parent for something and the parent will give it if it will be good for the child. So in this way, I pray for healing. I answered, 
If the parent had promised to give the child a certain thing, the child would have a right to expect it. Our Father has promised us healing, and we have a right to expect Him to keep His promise. Amen? Right? So not knowing the will of God is a, in a certain matter, we may pray in trust that God will do this for us, if it be His will, and, and He will do what is best for us. But where God has revealed His will by promising to do a certain thing, we need not to be in ignorance of it or in doubt concerning it. Because he's made a promise. He's made a declaration. He's saying, this is yours. By his stripes, you are healed. So there's nothing missing. There's nothing lacking. There's nothing to be in doubt about. So correct the uncertainty. It is the will of God. He's got more invested in your healing than anything else. Because he's the one who gave his body to be beaten and bruised on the whipping post. For us, he's fully invested in your healing and you want to cry about, well, I don't know if it's the will of God. Really? He gave it all for your healing. So there should be no doubt. This should eliminate all doubt because he has not just proclaimed a promise. He has paid for the promise in full. A great example of this is if I tell you, I'm going to give you a new car and with the car, I'm going to give you unlimited car washes for the duration of the life of the car. Now, the car can get dirty on the outside. It can even, you know, um, get mud and gunk and oil and stuff. But it's up to you to take it to the dealer and get the car wash. Right? Even though the promise is there, you have to grab it and grab the vehicle and take it to the car wash so it can be cleaned and fixed and buffed out. And, and, and made completely new all over again. If you don't do that, then you're not utilizing what has been provided for through God's word. Plain and simple, right? So the Bible reveals physical healing is to be his will, just as spiritual healing is his will. If we, if we fulfill the conditions and believe his promise, the trust that appropriates God's promise Rest on the knowledge of his will. His known will is the basis of our trust. We can trust him because we know his nature. We know his character. We know that he doesn't lie. We know that if he says something, he means it. Because when he speaks, he speaks it once. He doesn't go back and repeat himself over and over and over and over and over. No. If we go back to scripture and we see how many times God says something directly to someone with an audible voice, you'll find that he only says it one time. And if he says it three times, that there's a particular reason for it, which we find in Samuel, we find in several other places, right? But he's just calling their name. He doesn't repeat over and over and over what they're going to do. Now, that's very interesting, right? But this Holy Spirit, thank God, will repeat things to us, right? Because sometimes we're a little hard-headed, or maybe it's just me. I don't know. Anyways, so let's continue. So we couldn't. We could not take healing by trust, believing that we have received it, if there is any question as to whether or not it was for us. We can't believe God for something if, if we can see that he provided for somebody else, but we weren't certain that he provided it for us also, right? But if we know that he provided it for them 
end us, then we know for sure that we, we can rejoice in their healing because we know that same God has healed them is healing our mortal bodies as well. See, this is how simple, how amazing this is. We must know the will of God. Then we may take by faith whatever he has promised in his word, believing that when we ask, we receive because he's already made his will known and we can truly trust and believe what has already been provided for through his word, through his promise. And all we do is thank him for it. We, we receive it. We, when we ask, we receive and it just comes in and boom, it happens. Our will also has a part in the question of healing. Will we take that which is God wills for us? If you live in me and my words live in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done to you. When, when our will meets his will, the work is done. Now that's something to think about because a lot of people, they think I have to heal the person, right? I have to go out and above and beyond to heal the person, make sure I, I say the right words, I hold my mouth the right way, right? And do all these different things, thinking that that's going to change the heart of God, the will of God. And it doesn't, okay? It's in spite of us that he heals the people. And so what we find, and this is why I'm telling you, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know, Jesus Christ, and that you need to place your confidence fully in him so when you pray for someone, it's not you. It's not the eloquence of your words. It's not how beautiful your religious prayers are. It's none of that. It's simply relationship. And you're declaring as God's ambassador, the ambassador of Jesus Christ, his representative in that moment, exactly what God says in his word, be healed in Jesus name. And their bodies have to listen and they transform into alignment with God's word and they're healed. See, this is why we see a hundred percent healing on a regular basis as a ministry is because we believe God's word and we push for that. We trust that a hundred percent of the people are going to be healed because Jesus is the same Jesus in me. He's the same Jesus in you and he heals 100%. So that's something to get excited about. It's something to go back and study. It's something to, to dive into and rejoice and have serious conversation with God about tonight. As you go to sleep, think on this, that God heals 100%. God bless you. I hope this is, you're enjoying these things. And I, as you can tell, I get very pumped. I get very excited about this. It's amazing. I had some technical difficulties tonight. And uh, the, the app I normally use wasn't working with me. I was fighting with it for the last three hours. And uh, so I just just doing this, you know, on regular uh, record. As you can tell, I've ran out of daylight and everything. But if you are enjoying these, if these are blessing you, please help support us. Because as you support us, it helps us finish our manuals. It helps us travel. It helps us uh, get more involved in, in other things that God is is calling us to do and asking us to do in this new season. So we just ask you to seriously consider supporting us, partnering with us, um, being a development partner. Because even as we're doing these manuals, it takes a lot of time. It's it's very tedious. It's it's very slow moving and in rearranging and rewording and going back over and, and adding things in and taking things out. And so it's just a process. It's just a process. If you've never written, you would you need to write something so you can appreciate the process it takes to write the books that, that are out there on Christian bookstores and, 
and on Amazon and everything. But God bless you. I love you. Let me just pray for you really quick. There's something I realized I wasn't doing in the other videos. But if you, if you are listening to the to my voice, you're watching this video, and you need healing now. No need to wait to the end of 57 days. Receive your healing now. Okay. Just take your hand, place it on yourself. You know, wherever it hurts, or put it on your head, or put it on your heart. And I'm gonna pray. Okay. So right now, in Jesus' name, be completely healed and whole in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Be the Gospel with your host, Anthony Tijerina. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit BeTheGospel.com and on Facebook at Be the Gospel Today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Be the Gospel.